Hey everyone, this is Brad Hughes, school principal and chief encouragement officer from Ontario, Canada. And I've got some good news for you. You found the Good News Brad News podcast, amplifying stories of heart-led educators moving from positive intention to action. Great people like you, improving kids' lives through service, connection, and finding the fun. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it feels wonderful to welcome you back to episode 7 of the Good News, Brad News podcast. I am your host, Brad Hughes, and as you settle in and get comfortable, I think it's safe to say we're on a roll here as we get underway with our lucky 7th episode. Wonderful guests, wonderful conversation, and wonderful feedback from listeners like you who tell me that they're going all in with the Good News, Brad News podcast. And this time we have definitely hit the jackpot with our guest, Chloe Kerr. Chloe is an education support officer for early learning and child care in the Shetland Islands, some 50 miles off the coast of Scotland in the North Atlantic. And as you'll hear, Chloe is also a mom and partner, a lover of the outdoors and community, a mentor and advocate, a reflective practitioner and researcher, someone dedicated to building positive relationships with all ages, relationships built on trust, consistency, and love. Chloe absolutely loves what she does, and it shows. Now, Chloe and I discuss a number of things near and dear to my heart, including the reward and delight in working with young children and supporting the adults that serve them. On starting where children are, rather than where anyone thinks they should be. And in times of stress and scarcity, maintaining a tenacious focus on growth rather than gaps. Now I see in Chloe someone who assumes competence in those around her, a facilitator of the innate capacity within those children and adults that she meets. In the words of Canadian inclusive educator, researcher and consultant Shelley Moore, presuming competence is a mindset of believing and trusting that everyone can learn, everyone in a variety of settings. When we assume competence in those around us, we position ourselves as companions in a journey to support and reveal the unique contributions others may make to the world. For Chloe, seeing each child as an individual has always been at the heart of what she does. And in the last five years, she's become more and more passionate about the quality of learning and teaching and considering how we achieve this in the best possible way for each child. I know you'll enjoy getting to know Chloe today and after hearing her story, you'll be eager to connect with her too. So, here's my interview with Chloe Care today on the Good News, Brad News Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back once again to the Good News, 
Brad News Podcast. I am delighted to connect with an educator from the Shetland Isles. Her name is Chloe Kerr, and Chloe's tweet from May of 2020 has been a touchstone for me and has helped me connect so positively with many Twitter followers in my PLN. Chloe, welcome to the Good News Brad News Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Chloe, I always like to ask our guests to tell us a little bit about your different roles, your family roles, your work and education roles, and your roles in the community. What do we need to know about Chloe Care? Well, um, that's a good question, Brad. Um, I am Chloe Care. Um, I am a mum of three children. So I have an eight-year-old son, a six-year-old son, and a four-year-old daughter. I am a wife, I'm married to um, a PE teacher, so we have a lot of educational chats in our house, as you can imagine. Um, Professionally, my role at the minute is an education support officer for early learning and childcare, um, and that's supporting nurseries across the whole of Shetland. So it's a real privilege to be in that kind of job and to be working with so many staff and so many wonderful children as well. Um, Shetland's quite a unique place. Shetland is just north of Scotland. Um, It's a small island and it's really, really unique. I think there's uh, lots of little communities within Shetland. It's a very diverse place and geographically, it's probably one of the most beautiful places I would argue that you could live. Chloe, from uh, sharing and enjoying your profile and your tweets on Twitter, I can see not only that you're surrounded by beauty, but you are actually able to connect your learners with that beauty and with those aspects of the landscape. So I'd like to talk with you about that further. But first, what I'd like to ask is about this tweet from May 2020. I'm just going to read the tweet aloud. You wrote, when I return to school, please start with where I am and not where you think I should be. I don't want to catch up. I want to see my teacher and my friends. I want to feel safe and secure while I try to make sense of a new normal. Chloe, what was the spark behind that tweet? How did that tweet come to be? What's the story? There were a lot of things going on at the time when I tweeted that. And quite often when I do tweet, um, it comes from my heart and it comes from all my own thoughts and actually my own challenges as well as a professional Um, At the time, we were, I think we were in lockdown because of coronavirus, and our team were planning transition back into schools, not only for our youngest learners, which is who I work with mostly at the minute, but thinking across the whole breadth of um, age ranges, you know, right from three to 18, and, and how that looks, and really taking into account the fact that all children have had completely different experiences when they were at home, home learning with the family. Um, I think for myself, me and my husband both work full time. So that was a challenge in itself with my own children. And also professionally thinking about the different experiences children had. And, And I guess personally, I was really challenged by how do we really think about each individual child? And actually at a time where there's lots of chats about catching up, about missed learning, how do we really, really find out what each child's experience has been like during the period of lockdown and how best can we support them moving forward, not thinking academically about their learning, but thinking about them as an individual, them having unique experiences and actually probably thinking about my own children. What they really did want to do was see their friends and reconnect with their teachers after such a long time. So to summarize, I think that's really where the tweet came from. 
Chloe, for us as educators and also as parents, the idea of learning loss is a tremendous worry. And just as you wrote in your tweet, I'm wondering if the, the concern isn't learning loss. It's how can we address learning needs when mm-hmm. kids have been either out of school or when you know typical school has been interrupted? Do you think there will be ways for us to address learning needs? Uh, and is learning loss really what we should be paying attention to? Personally, I would always flip it on its head. I think like you're explaining there, Brad, is actually how do we capture the breadth of experiences that children have had? And who are we as educators to determine what learning is? So when we're thinking about learning loss, yes, children have had less time in a classroom. They've had less structured lessons, if you like, um, as a coherent class. But there's this whole other experience that children have and it's it's how you see a child is a holistic view of a child you know and and how do we actually capture what they have learned those life skills you know it's it's not just numeracy and literacy and and the curricular areas that we sometimes pop in a box I think as educators but yeah how do we flip that on its head and value each child for the unique skills and abilities that they have What you're talking about is what I've heard described as a shift in focus from gaps to growth. And so I'm curious, in uh, in your recent experience with kids, what growth have you seen? What unexpected learning, what unexpected growth has come out of learning in a pandemic? I think one of the biggest things for me is outdoor learning and seeing how much children have embraced their natural environment I think how much families have needed that for their own health and well-being to be outside, to really appreciate the simple things in life again. And obviously that's not for every family and that's not for every child, but using the resources that we have and almost simplifying learning again, just stopping being a family, you know, taking time. So for me, definitely using our natural environment has been one of the biggest biggest things and also just time with family with siblings yeah chloe what are some unique features or aspects of your outdoors in shetland that uh, you and your family find restorative or that are unique to bring learning to life for the kids that you and other educators serve um everywhere you go in shetland you can see the sea pretty much so You know, we we live on beaches, we can walk past lochs, we can walk past water, and the landscape changes depending on which community you're in. And I know for my own children, I have three very, very active, very busy children. And, And the easiest place for them to be and the easiest place for us to be with them is when we're outside. There's just a real calm that comes about, you know, as a family. And and we can stand back then and take time and really watch what's going on in their minds, which sometimes we so often miss when we've got our agendas and when we're busy trying to plan our own things for them. Chloe, I know that you are keen not only to see children survive, but also thrive uh, in in everything that they learn and do. And and you've been an educator since the age of 15. And, And I wonder if you could talk with us a little bit about your growth and your journey as an educator and and how that came to be. Absolutely. I've always loved working with children. Um, Ever since I was a child myself, I I babysat children. I just loved being around them. And I left school at the age of 15 and did my nursery um, qualifications so I could be a practitioner with um, three and four year olds. 
I always knew I wanted to be a primary school teacher. So leaving school a bit younger, that was almost a stepping stone. Um, and then I went on to do primary teaching at Aberdeen University and I taught um, for a number of years, different stages as well, primarily upper stages, so children between the age of eight and 11. And then as I became a parent, I started to really, really question child development, um, how children learn. And I, I guess I was really critical of my own practice and started to think, has the way I've been teaching for all these years been the most effective for these children? And, and over time, I gradually became more and more interested in early years, you know, right at the start of these children's education, how do we get it right for each child? And then does that form building blocks for as children get older? So I, I guess that's where I've ended up now in, in my role. I'm incredibly passionate about um, outcomes for children and getting it right, really getting it right for each individual child and not just having that written down on paper, but thinking again about the holistic child, about each family and making sure we get it right. So it's been a journey and I'm always learning, but it's just a fascinating field to be in an education. And something that makes me feel really connected to you as professionals is, is our shared determination that we improve outcomes for kids by loving and supporting the adults that serve them. And so could you talk with us a little bit about your role as an education support officer in Shetland and, and what it means to you to be able to serve other educators who, like you, are leading with their heart? Yeah, so like I said at the beginning of this conversation, it's an absolute privilege to work with so many different adults and so many different children from such a huge range of backgrounds, a variety of experience. And, and what I try to do in my role is to come alongside staff to really help them question their own practice, but in a really loving and supportive way, reflect. So I spend a lot of time in nurseries, talking through different situations or scenarios, modeling you know, interactions with the children. Um, and just genuinely being there for each member of staff on their journey. It's great that you have such a variety of questions when you go into settings and people really, really want to learn and, and work alongside us. So it's a great job to be in. Something I truly believe is just as much as kids are impacted by our influence as educators, we as educators are equally or maybe even more importantly, more impacted by kids' influence on us. And I know that's a huge driving force for you. You've said that some of the most contributions, important contributions to your trajectory have been from the children that you serve. Can you talk with us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I think along the way of my whole educational journey, you have those little key moments where children touch you, they teach you something, and it changes your practice forever. Um, and I've had that all the way along my journey. I think my own children has played a huge part in that as I've seen how different they are and, and how different their learning styles are and their needs and their interests. But I've also, as a teacher, come across little moments where you've unlocked something in a child or just by having that positive relationship with children, being open, being kind, you start to unravel these little personalities and you start to see that actually there's so much more to these children than coming in to sit down and to be taught by me. 
And I think that that has changed along the way and it makes you reflect on your practice. And I think as an educator, that's something that we never ever stop doing. Those little moments make you stop and question what you're doing and hopefully change for the better. I know that you've got an ongoing commitment to learning through practice. And when I think about some of the key learning that I've done recently, it's been through professional development, but it's not in isolation. Uh, for me, it's been, you know, supported by facilitators and the opportunity to come together with other professionals. And so I wonder about how your practice and how your approach has been improved, either by ongoing professional learning or uh, what your interest in uh, taking next steps in research might be. Um, I think for me, there's been lots and lots of little stepping stones all throughout my career. And sometimes it's not those big training events that I've attended, or it's not the big modules that I've studied for or the qualifications that I've gained. It's those everyday small conversations or, or quotes or reflections that actually has had the most impact on my practice. And something I'm incredibly passionate about is learning through play. And, and not just for nursery, not just for primary school, but actually how do we develop that right the way through, you know, even up to adulthood. Adults still need time to take time out to enjoy the things that they're passionate about. So that's one of my main passions and one of my main interests at the minute. I've done a lot of research into Froebel, who is a theorist um, and very, very grounded in knowledge about how children learn and develop and I think for me these different insights this different parts of research you know little bits will come together to form my own understanding of how children learn. Living your why and investing in others the way you do is energy intensive. What strikes me in our conversation is that you communicate such positive and centered energy. And I know that that is something that you share with others around you. How do you find time or opportunities to restore energy that you may have lost so that you can keep serving and keep being as positive and grounded as you are? Well, I absolutely love what I do. And I have never, ever seen my job as work or as a job, if you like. I often laugh that I would do what I do for free <laughs> because <laughs> it, it brings you so much joy. Um, to, to have that role in other people's lives. But I love people. I love being around people professionally, personally, and, and I get a lot of energy from meeting others, from learning from other people, and, and hopefully inspiring other people as well. I think it's been difficult during this period of coronavirus where our interactions are so limited. And, and you know, that, that has been harder to connect with people, but definitely being around others would give me energy. Also, I think seeing the little changes of developments over time, you know, it, little things that change outcomes for children, even if it's one child. And I quite often say in my job, if we change an outcome for one child, if we give a better experience for that child or their family, then it's worth doing what we're doing. And keeping things like that in mind all the time, it keeps you going. And I think I've said before, getting outside is one of the biggest things for me. I've taken up a bit of sea swimming this year. So popping on a wetsuit with the family and we all go in and it's just finding different things to recharge, spend time in nature. And again, just being around other people that inspire you and have the same, same values as you as well. 
Chloe, I have been so inspired by our conversation and, and by keeping in touch with you. And I look forward to continuing to learn alongside you as a you know an advocate for both early childhood education, kids development, both academically, but also socially and emotionally. And as we look ahead to maybe May of 2021, and a year will have gone by since you stated so passionately, start with where I am, not where you think I should be. I'm wondering do you think that we will have succeeded or do you think there's more that we can do or what, what advice would you give to educators that are listening to really focus on kids as individuals and to avoid that learning gap trap? What do you think? Well, I would always like to aim high and think that this time in 2021, we would be well on the way to improving maybe where we were last time. I know in Scotland, we have some excellent policies for early years if you're ever interested, there's a great document that we work from called Realising the Ambition. And it, it talks about starting from the child and it's actually written from the voice of the child as well. And I think for me, and this is advice to myself as well, is to always put ourselves into the shoes of each individual child. So when they're coming back into the classroom or, or when they're two months on down the line from being in school, just to stop and really think, uh, am I meeting the individual needs of this child? And that sometimes is more than where they are academically. It's, it's making sure we're meeting the needs of that whole child. And I think when we do that, from my experience, it all falls into place. One of the main things for me, I guess, as a driver is to keep up those positive relationships with children. So to be open, to provide a safe environment for them to come and be to be themselves, to take risks and to ask questions and to really value, I think, the whole aspect of learning. And that's something that's really challenged me over the last few years is what do I value as an educator? Is it just the literacy? Is it just numeracy? Or actually, is our role as an educator to encompass everything about that child and value all the skills and unique abilities that they have? Chloe, I'm really excited to see how your journey and contributions as an educator and as a leader in Shetland continue. What's the best way to reach you? Well, I'm on Twitter. For anybody that is interested, um, my Twitter name is at carechloe3. And that really is, is the main way I connect with educators at the minute. I quite often share what is a challenge to myself or what's on my mind at that time. And then hopefully that will connect with other people as well. Chloe, I'll make sure that your contact information is in our show notes. Your tweet from May of 2020 is going to stay pinned to my profile. And I'm so grateful because I have made wonderful connections through Twitter by people whose attention was caught by that tweet. And that led me back to me. And now I'm so grateful to be able to redirect that interest back to you. Chloe Kerr, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure having you on the Good News Brad News podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Good News, Brad News podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment wherever you found this podcast. And if you like what you heard, please recommend Good News, Brad News to a friend. And please hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at Brad, B-R-A-D, underscore Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S. 
I look forward to hearing from you and to reconnecting with you on our next episode. Until then, get out there and do amazing things.